Hello, we are so glad that you are here joining us for Rhythms of Grace. I am Christine and I'm here with Sung and Nate um, for as we continue our series on transitions. Shift happens. Yes, (laughs) shift happens. Man. That one's on the edge, Sung. That one's on the edge. So I love the way that Christine uh, welcomed everybody saying hello, because if you ever call her on the phone... That's exactly how she sounds. Yep. Every single time. Hello. <laughs> or or greet her in the hallway or whatever. It's her. Yes. I mean, so much so that, you know what, Christine, I think it's rubbing off on me. Sometimes when I call people, I say, hello. And I, uh, I think, I sound like Christine now. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so this season we've been talking about shift happens. Transition is where life happens. And so we've been talking about endings where a season or stage of life ends and how change is an event that happens sometimes instantaneously, but transition is something that happens over a period of time. And during that transition, you go through this neutral zone where we talked about last week, where you just kind of feel disconnected from the past and you're not really uh, fully there in the present. And so you just don't feel like you belong. Mm -hmm. You're in this, what we call liminal space. And we've talked about that in previous seasons, but the last part of uh, that, that whole transitions is the ending, the neutral zone, and then a new beginning. So this is kind of flipped because we often think, Oh, new beginnings is is actually in the beginning, but here it's really at the end. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. um, why is that? I, I mean, that's a great question for Christine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I tend to think that, um, well, at least for me, unless I make space, new things don't happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, I, I tend to have a pretty full life and I like it that way, but without removing something, there usually isn't space for something new to start. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So un- un- until something ends and until you process the transition, uh, really the, the, uh, I don't want to say the end of the journey, but uh, the the the, be- the beginning of a new well, the end of a journey is like the, the a new beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because because a lot of life a lot of time life be- before something ends is really just stable and there's a lot of equilibrium, mm-hmm. and so uh, actually the new beginning is actually kind of the end of a long journey mm-hmm. of transition. Or even from a mental health perspective, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I my therapist often said to me, she's like, those coping mechanisms worked for you. But until you're ready to let go of those, we can't start to work on coping mechanisms mm-hmm. that are healthier and that are going to be better going forward. You know, so you, I just yeah. would default to things that worked for me when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, but until I was willing to end those, I couldn't really begin something new. Yeah, that was kind of what came to mind for me is, you know, without without acknowledging and and letting go of what was you're going to try to take that into, like, you won't get a new beginning. Mm -hmm. It'll just be a continuation or a new, you know, version of the old. And so you do have to let go of the old in order to embrace the new. Yeah. So as it relates to new beginnings where you are um, launching a new season or stage or of life, maybe new priorities, uh, what are some significant new beginnings in your lives? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, the, the thing that comes to mind in, in past episodes, I've talked about singleness as like an ending 
and a time of transition, but I think it, it also is, is a new beginning, Mm -hmm. um, of a a season of like deeper ministry and leaning into friendships and, and community building and, and having this space. Um, so I think sometimes letting go is also, you know, like creates, creates space for a new beginning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, Amy and I were just, uh, my wife and I were just talking before I I came here about how we're still trying to figure out what life is like sort of in this new season. I mean, it's been almost a year, you know, at this point and it still is new. There's still things like, oh, we don't quite have that figured out, you know, stepping on each other's toes in ways we didn't intend, being around more, working together more. Um, All those things have felt new. And I mean, again, just like, 30 minutes ago, we were having a conversation as I was trying to get out the door about how we still weren't quite, we didn't quite have it figured out entirely. Right, which points to the reality of you had a new beginning over a year ago, but you're still in some ways. Yeah, in transition. In, in transition in the neutral zone in different aspects of your life. Mm-hmm. The change happens suddenly, the transition continues to develop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what are some uh, lessons? Uh, maybe Nate, for you, what, what are some of the priorities or lessons that you are learning in this new beginning season? Um, I, you know, we may have talked about this it, it, when we were sort of doing a broad overview of transition, but as happy as I am in, in my new space, it's helpful for me to remember that new beginnings are hard. It doesn't matter how exciting or how much you've been looking forward to it or how much it is a realization of your efforts. Arriving in a new place is hard. Mm. Um, And so I've sort of been uh, trying to embrace that and say just because it's hard doesn't mean it's wrong. It doesn't mean that I've made a mistake. doesn't mean that I'm in the wrong place. It just means that new things are hard and that's okay. Um, So that's been a big one. It's been a big one. For yeah, me. because in a new beginning, you are learning things, new rhythms, new priorities. That it's kind of like trying to ride your bike for the first time. Yeah, it's it's hard. Yeah, you don't ride your bike for the first couple times and go, "Man, I'm just not good at this. This mustn't be what you know I should do." Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's always going to be hard. Yeah, and and if we and I know I think we've probably talked about habits at various points um, over the over the seasons, but. You know, a new beginning requires building new habits. Mm -hmm. And until that new habit is built, it is a lot more work than your old habit. (laughs) Even if your old habit was destructive, even if it didn't serve you well, even if it was made your life harder, the habit is easier to keep than it is to start a new habit. Mm -hmm. So there's just, you know, learning new habits. And until you sort of get those established, it feels like it's uphill Mm -hmm. a ton of the time. Yeah. It's so interesting. I know we've talked about this in past episodes, but as you're talking, I'm like, man, that sounds like so much fun, Nate. <laughs> like, <laughs> just like new habits, all the challenges, working uphill. Um, but yeah, that is like so much of a new beginning is, mm-hmm. um, is the hard work of a new beginning. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, I really, for example, now I could wake up and I don't have to do anything. I mean, honestly, I don't have to, but I'm having to That's learn. That's a lot of people's dreams. Right? Uh, but I but I have to, I'm learning what does it mean to sort of set my own. I mean, when I was working for the church, it's true that a lot of my work was self-initiated, but there was always sort of this larger 
um, vision or plan or, you know, the, the work of other staff members that sort of necessitated certain things for me mm-hmm. at certain times. And now I'm, I'm really deciding almost a hundred percent of it myself. Mm-hmm. And so that is a, that's a new habit to sort of wake up daily or weekly and evaluate what is my priorities? What, you know, what am I, what am I going to get done? And even more importantly, like, when am I going to stop? Because again, with the church, you sort of, if you leave, you can turn off your phone, you know, those kind of things. But man, when you're living in the midst of a construction zone or whatever, it's a lot harder to say, all right, I'm going to call it for today. Um, So those are all new habits that I have to learn. So you find it, because even when you were working at the church and you could kind of leave your work behind or the building behind, I know you still took it like, you know, mentally with mm-hmm. you. Yeah. So do you, uh, you find it still challenging? Oh, yeah. Um, even though it's kind of your own work mm-hmm. to kind of stop mentally. Yeah, because there's always something. I mean, I do love to learn, but so many of the things that we're trying are new to us that even if I'm not actually physically working, I could still be like doing research, right. you know? And so we are doing that a lot. Um, and so those are the places where I've really had to draw the line just to say, it's time to stop. I mean, time to stop trying to figure out how to do this and just like move on to something else. Yeah. So. How about you, Christine? New beginnings when you think of that. Yeah, I guess. So, you know, I'm, I'm launching a new community group and, and one of the things that, that, is coming to mind as I'm processing through, you know, this exciting new opportunity and, and, you know, grieving the last group and figuring out, you know, this new season. Now, as I'm looking at the new beginning, it's, it's really, uh, you know, the, the lesson is it's not going to be the same. Mm. Um, and for, for better and for worse, you know, that phrase, like you can't go home again of, um, you know, sometimes I think like, oh, this is going to be new and we'll be able to do all these things that I did before. And just realizing like every new beginning, um, yeah, like life is, you know, sometimes we kind of move in a circle, but, um, no group of people is going to be the same. No, um, two cities are going to be the same and, and there will be things that, um, like are going to be new challenges that I just don't even foresee. Um, and yeah, as I'm looking ahead, just, just acknowledging like, uh, something doesn't have to be familiar to be good. Um, because I, I love the familiar. Yeah. That reminds me of, of one of the things that, um, I, so I've had a ton of injuries this summer. And one of the things that I I had to realize was that the only thing that was sort of making me really frustrated was my own expectations. Mm. And I think when you're beginning something new, another thing that I try to keep track of is what actually are my expectations? Mm. Are they reasonable? Do they need to be changed? Am I, have I established them based on, like you were saying, Christine, something that is gone and that I shouldn't necessarily be bringing that, even if it's positive, bringing that baggage into a new beginning. And so I think expectations is the kind of thing that you just got to check all the time when you're starting something new. Um, I have found in my life and, and in my, in the life of sort of our family, unmet expectations are usually the root of the biggest sort of blow-ups or just communication misses and and friction in the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So I think being aware of those expectations, yeah, is so important. And then letting things be what they are. Yeah. Um, 
And, and obviously, you know, having goals and, and all of that is not bad, but, but just letting things be as they are. Yeah. Like starting where, where you are Mm -hmm. for real. That doesn't mean that you don't try to improve. It doesn't mean that you're not trying to go in a direction, but man, to be able to say, this is what is, Yeah. let's start there and accept it for what it is, acknowledge it and use that as sort of the first step, man. Uh, what a difference that would have made in my life. Yeah. <laughs> I had been doing that all the way along, you know? Yeah. Hmm. So uh, when it comes to, let's say, a new beginning, like moving geographically or starting a new job, which you have moved um, um, geographically, and mm-hmm. we've, you've talked about that a little bit. Um, and in some ways, Nate, it's a new job, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, uh, I, I mean, pe- people need time to adjust and grow into kind of a new setting. Um, oftentimes, you know, like for example, like our daughter, she's in college. She's and every week people are asking her, like, "Oh, how's she doing?" or asking us. And um, it's interesting because she she's done really well. Made made a lot of good friends. She's working and do, loving her classes. But it's interesting to hear so many other parents where uh, they're like, man, our kids are not sleeping. Mm-hmm. They, are, they have a hard time making friends. Um, and, they, <laughs> and like, so for, for somebody who's kind of coming into a, a new job, a new, new setting, um, h- how do you prepare yourself? Um, I feel like, uh, you know, acknowledging that, that that might be what happens gives me a lot of optimism going into a, a new a new place. Being like, you know what, um, I'm not going to know anyone, and there are going to be some times when I'm going to feel lonely or not be able to sleep, um, and that is part of the joy of moving. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so lonely. It's amazing. <laughs> Only Christine. <laughs> Only Christine. Um, no, but I think also like, you know, in that, you know, like refocusing on, okay, so why am I here? Right? Like I am moving to this new place where I don't know anyone. And so in those moments when you you are lonely or feeling like you might be in the wrong place, like re- reminding yourself and having having a clear vision of like what am I moving toward? Um what what is the why am I here? you know, and, and I think a lot of times we ask that question, we're like, why am I even here? Mm -hmm. Um, and having an answer makes a difference. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The advice that I gave, uh, my oldest daughter who went and spent, um, three months in Honduras with some missionaries from grace and is now in New York living with a family and teaching uh, some classes and, and teaching their kids. The thing that I said to her, as she was getting ready to go off, as I said, you have to consider yourself as a student. If you go into a new situation and expect that you should have it mastered, if you feel like you should be able to travel internationally and you've never done it before, (laughs) that's going to, again, it's like expectation versus reality, right? So I said, if you just approach every situation and say, I'm a student, I am here to learn. I don't know how to do this. I'm not supposed to know how to do Mm -hmm. this. That does two things. One, it sort of like takes the pressure off, but also it allows you to get help from other people. I mean, if mm-hmm. you're supposed to be the expert at your new job or in a new city or, you know, doing something for the first time, asking for help is a, is a sign of failure. But if you're a student, you can walk into it and simply say, hey, 
I don't know how to do this. And for me, for someone who is both uh, like not super comfortable in social situations and also sort of base my a lot of my worth, not in a healthy way, on my own expertise, mm-hmm. saying what I'm supposed to be doing is learning mm-hmm. lets me sort of be good at that and then do all the things that a healthy person would do anyways. Mm-hmm. But I sort of need like an, an extra step yeah. in there to make sure that I actually am willing to ask for help and admit that I don't know how to do something. Yeah. And having that mindset also allows you to, you know, days when you're like, I am, I am not achieving what I th- thought I was coming here to achieve, but every day I am still learning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I moved here and I was applying to university and I did not get in. Um, but I had that mindset of like, I'm here to keep working on my writing, to invest in ministry, to learn what I'm called to do. And I was doing those things. I was learning to write better and minister to others. And so uh, like the achievement portion, it, w- it wasn't a complete loss mm-hmm. because I didn't achieve the goal. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I often um, say that about a new task or a new endeavor. And a lot of what I do now is, is really sort of hands-on. But even when I was working for the church, if we were going to pull off an event, I would always try to set the expectation that we're learning on the first one. Mm-hmm. Like that is the, mm-hmm. the main goal. Like, sure, you want to you want to accomplish things. You want to be successful. But primarily, if you go into it saying this is a learning experience, then you, it just reframes the way that you look at everything, wow. mm-hmm. right? It's not, did I do well or did I fail? It's like, did I learn? Or mm-hmm. what do we want to do again next time? Or what should we change? That really sort of eases the bumps for the perfectionists among us who right out of the gate feel like we should be able to do everything perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes new beginnings are something that we choose because we move or we transition out of a job. Other times um, our spouse leaves us Yeah. or we get laid off mm-hmm. and that's hard. Um, has anything like that, um, well, you're still married and you're not married. <laughs> so it's not like your spouse says, don't you? But where, where new beginnings work, uh, just happen to you versus you choosing them. I'm going to have to think about mm-hmm. that for just a second. Yeah. I, I know for me, you know, I've mentioned how many times I've moved and, and a lot of those obviously were before the age of 18. So it was, you know, moving from house to house, from place to place, um, city to city, um, where it was, it was leaving friends. And, um, yeah, I guess I, I remember one time, like it was the last day before winter break. And I found out that day after school that I was moving and not going back to that school again. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, goodbye friends. And then new beginning, um, after Christmas. So that's what comes to mind for me. Mm How, how did you, how did, how did you navigate that with relentless optimism with and joy? <laughs> the relentless optimism <laughs> and joy. Um, no, I do remember like all of Christmas, you know, I was grieving the loss of those mm-hmm. friends and, and there was that liminal space. Um, but I, I did see going to the new school. I was like, okay, this is a new start. Who do I want to be? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and how do I want to operate within this space? Um, so in the other school, I was like the smart kid. Mm. Um, and I was like, I don't need to stand out here. I'm like, I, I'm okay with existing like in the background in this space and, and feeling like, okay, what does it look like to operate in the background? Mm. Um, and so that was how I em- entered 
entered the new That's school. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, I think sometimes moving or being in a different um, setting, you can ask yourself, mm-hmm. who do I want to be? We just had an experience just this past weekend. Uh, our daughter Elsa and a bunch of friends decided to make a spontaneous visit down to Ann Arbor. And she let us know like after midnight, like hours before she came, like midnight, <laughs> like the, quote unquote the night before, right? <laughs> Which was, uh, hey, we're coming down to Ann Arbor. And uh, if, if I, we have time and if you have time, we'll see each other. And uh, it, it's been interesting to watch her grow and develop as a person. After she left, you know, we we're hanging out with her and her friends, got some bubble tea, and we just made the comment like, man, she just, it's been only a month, mm. but it seems like she she's like an adult now. Yeah. Mm. The way she's interacting with yeah. her friends, and the it's like this butterfly that has come out of this cocoon, almost to a point of like we didn't kind of recognize her Mm -hmm. but in a way that was just like we were just stunned and just like and again i i don't know if she was like oh who am i gonna be i I think she did consider that though because she i remember uh there was just a moment of like well this is this is who i'm gonna be how i'm gonna be with with the people i meet and um it's just been pretty amazing i know in the times that my parents moved it gave me that chance as well Mm -hmm. too Uh, and when i went off to college I tell my kids too, like I was uh, a very different person in high school and then college just did something to me. Just mm. I kind of released the butterfly in me, if you will, the, the social butterfly. <laughs> um, and um, so that, that is true. Another random fact about moving. I read this this past week saying that uh, by 18, most Americans have moved at least twice. Mm-hmm. But you've moved what, 12 times? Or more. Um, by age 18, I had moved at least 12 times. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the statistic is by the end of their lives, most Americans will moved about a dozen times. Mm. So you've already done. I'm ahead of the curve. You've done enough moving to, <laughs> for the rest of your life. Yeah. Um, so that was interesting. Mm. But, and so, you know, talking of change, and this is about new beginnings, but talking about change, it's like, well, we know one thing's for certain, right? Like, yeah, change is always going to be there. And, and uh, that's the one thing that remains the same, right? Nothing does. Mm-hmm. And um, so new beginnings, moving into new locations, becoming a new kind of person. Um, h- how about like when you are forced into a new beginning uh, coming out of a, like a, a relationship? I, I don't know. I've been in... I don't think I've come out of a relationship. For many years. <laughs> yeah, I know, seriously. This is you again, Christine. I know, we're back, we're back to me. I'm, I'm taking over the podcast this week. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess, you know, I, I was thinking about this, uh, again, like for the last couple episodes, thinking of how coming out of a relationship felt, you know, it, how it was a, a hard end and a hard liminal space. Um, but I think, you know, in that new beginning, once you have that space to process like, okay, this is who I am and who I was and, and who I wasn't, but tried to be, um, then, then you get to live into that. Right. Um, and so that's kind of the space I'm in right now is, is, is living into a new beginning of, okay, I, I didn't ask for this necessarily, but now I get to, I have all this time to invest in young professionals and, um, to, to write, um, the amount that I want to every single day and, um, yeah, lean into my calling, um, 
by God. And so mm. that's been, you know, yeah. N- the new beginning isn't necessarily like a new relationship. Right, it's, right. it's a new beginning where yeah. I'm at. So let me, I'll give the pessimist's perspective uh, because what I, even though I, my wife and I've been married for 25 years, the, the relationships that have come and gone, we've had many, many close friends that have moved out of the city, um, you know, the, uh, over the past, you know, eight years. I mean, tons of them, people that weren't just like acquaintances, but people that we were really sharing our lives with in significant ways. And, um, and I remember uh, that one time when a good friend of mine called me and was like, Hey man, we're moving back to California. You know, I just, it brought me to tears. I, it, I was just, I was just feeling like I can't believe I have to say goodbye again. I can't believe I have to say goodbye to someone that I really care for again. Um, and I was really, I was really struggling. It was a little bit of, for me, sort of like, uh, why God like, and you know, I'm not, I'm not one that's like, God spoke to me. <laughs> um, although I believe that he does that. He doesn't really do that with me, but there was sort of like this still voice, this still small voice that when, when I was sort of saying, why do all my friends keep leaving? That I was just reminded that new people are always coming mm. and that in some ways um, being open to new relationships coming in is a critical part mm-hmm. of sort of embracing the ebb and flow of important people in my life. And so while it is really painful um, and still is, I still mourn like, you know, still see people on Facebook or Instagram mm-hmm. that I just, there's just this ache that I'm not seeing their kids grow up and I'm not a part of their life anymore. It's really hard. Um, but then I also am just reminded like, Hey, there is space. There is space in my life for new relationships to begin to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I've seen that happen, you know, uh, as people move into our neighborhood or come to the church or join our community group, just to sort of be willing to say, great, you know, I have space. I don't have a lot of relational space in my life, honestly. If, all, if yeah. my friends never left, I like I would never make any new friends because I don't yeah. really care. Uh, but it sort of forces me to be the type of person that I want to be, which yeah. is someone who is embracing newcomers um, to the city or into my life, being welcoming, being hospitable. So, you know, silver lining, even for around the rain cloud. Yeah. Even Nate can be an optimist. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. It's a hard fought, hard fought optimism. Well, when you said neighbors, I, I thought you mean you mean the five you have on your road, like a mile down. I, I mean, it, it's been really good. Uh, Amy and I have have connected in a new way with a lot of people um, on our in our in our neighborhood mm-hmm. uh, over the past couple of years. I mean. Mm-hmm quarantine was like good for that mm-hmm. like we, there wasn't any place to go so right. people were just like walking around and so we'd like sort of wave and say hi and it's been good yeah. it's been really good yeah this past week i came across the story of uh somebody well may- maybe we'll make this a little game here i'm going to describe this person's story and see if you could name who this is oh man okay mm. i'm ready okay um, so she was born uh, to an un-, un... Christine, it's a woman. I figured that out already. <laughs> I've eliminated half the population. <laughs> well done. To a te- teenage uh, unwed mother in rural Mississippi in the 1950s. 
she was so poor that she would uh, wear potato sacks as dresses to school. And uh, her relatives, because she was uh, um, born to an unwed teenage mom, uh, passed her around from town to town to different family members and different families and some sexually abusing her. And then she eventually moved in permanently with her biological dad, who actually prioritized her education. She went on to be voted, voted most popular in high school and won Miss Black Tennessee at age 17. She landed a, um, a job as a news anchor in Baltimore. In fact, uh, that was her dream job, uh, to be a news anchor. She was the youngest and only black news, female news anchor in the U.S. at the time. Mm. And then she was unexpectedly fired. So a lot of new endings, uh, new beginnings here. And she was criticized for being dull and, and mispronouncing words uh, on, on air. So uh, in, in this uh, interview, she recounts and she just said, I was devastated, mm. you know, from being fired. And then, but, but then she was given this new beginning uh, to take over this show. Uh, I, I, got, I have a guess. Okay. I have a guess on who it is. Uh, a failing talk show. Yeah, I was going to say Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> yes. Yes. Wow. And the show is called People Are Talking. And that is where she, her on-air personality blossomed. Mm. And uh, along with uh, her sense of care and empathy, if you've ever seen the show, I don't think I've ever seen the Mm-mm. entire show, uh, but she expresses empathy and care a lot, which, which she didn't have to utilize as a news anchor and wasn't part of her re- repertoire. And then that eventually became the Oprah Winfrey show, beating out for those of us who remember the Phil Donahue show um, and she won all these accolades and this, and I just thought, man, there's so many transitions, endings and new mm-hmm. beginnings and her story, which is again, we can look back and go, wow. And sometimes when we're in the midst of, let's say a neutral zone or, or, or an ending, we don't feel that way. Right. Yeah. Um, but, and even in new beginnings, right? Like she would have said like, man, it was my, I, I got fired from my dream job. Yeah. That's so devastating. Yeah. And she has this new beginning where it's like, well, it's this failing TV show. They gave it to me cause they thought, well, nothing's going to happen of it. Now putting through the lens of faith, it's like, well, yeah, that that's God's sovereignty throughout mm-hmm. her journey, which is also reflective of all of our journeys. Um, well, another funny side note, I was telling my son um, the story of Oprah, and one of uh, his friends was over on Sunday afternoon, Maya, and I said, uh, so I tell the story, and I'm like, oh, yeah, it's Oprah Winfrey, and my son's like, who's Oprah Winfrey? Yeah, man. And I'm oh. like, I can't believe it, <laughs> and here's the funny part. Maya says, oh, I know who she is. She's a singer. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, and eh. no. <laughs> I'm like, Okay, you guys are making me feel really old now. But anyways. Yeah, the story of Oprah Winfrey and and sort of like the um, serial endings, beginnings, endings, beginnings, Mm -hmm. reminded me of another thing that I've observed about new beginnings, which is that sometimes in my life, and I've seen it in the lives of others, there's like a double new beginning. And really the first beginning is just so that you like take the leap to make the ending. So for example, mm-hmm. some I've seen people be in a job that they don't enjoy and what they think is their dream job opens up. So they take the leap and they realize, oh, this dream job is not what I thought it was going to be yeah. at all. But it sort of like shook up their life enough that now suddenly the real 
new beginning mm-hmm. reveals itself yeah. and you sort of have to take this little double jump to get where, where you want it to be. It's a new beginning yeah. within a new beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Like a pregnant new beginning. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I'm not sure about that metaphor. <laughs> yeah. And so I try to, that's the other thing that I try to be aware of when something new happens to kind of be like, Hey, let's hold this loosely, yeah. you know, um, just essentially say this could be, something long-term this could be sort of what i needed to to shake up my life mm-hmm. so that something else can can actually yeah come about yeah yeah again holding those expectations with an open hand mm-hmm. right of like i you know the, this is the next right step um and that can be enough yeah um and there might be something that that comes along next because yeah what you're saying i'm like oh man now that you're mentioning that i've seen that happen so many times mm-hmm. Um, but it's easy to just be like, oh no, that was, that was another ending or that was a mistake. Yes. Oh man. And that is so helpful to not get caught in that. It's one of the primary pieces of advice I give to people that are leaving Ann Arbor is to say, Hey, this, you might not be landing exactly where you need to, Mm -hmm. but, but it's, oh, that doesn't mean that this is wrong. It means that you needed to take a next step. And this next step is what's going to lead to, you know, or the next step or the next step is going to lead to where you actually need to end up yeah yeah that's good well that was um our discussion on the whole transition of endings neutral zone and new beginnings so uh we haven't done this in a while but if you have stories or insights you want to share you could text me at 734-709-5742 we've i've received emails um, from various folks and conversations on a sunday uh, morning, just t- telling me, uh, telling uh, me just how much you enjoy the podcast show with Christine and Nate on, and we love hearing what's going on in your life and the feedback that you give us. Uh, thank you for listening and join us next week as we consider uh, continuing on uh, this journey of transition. Mm-hmm. Any parting words, Christine? I, nope. The music's playing. The music's week. playing. <laughs> okay, bye, everybody.